this is David Leibovitz here. This is my second podcast episode, and I'm very excited to have a special guest here, direct live from Paris. If people want to find me, I'm on davidleibovitz.substack.com, and I have a blog at davidleibovitz.com as well. I'm also the author of Drinking French. It's my latest book. It's 160 different French drinking recipes from cocktails to aperitifs, coffee, tea, hot chocolate, and things to eat with drinks. And while I was working on that book, I got to meet some very interesting people here in France, especially in Paris, because Paris is a hotbed of activity for aperitifs. Aperitifs are very popular in France. The apéro hour is something that's très, très, très français. And I have a très, très, très français guest here, his name is Quentin Chapus. And will you pronounce your name in French? Quentin. Uh, Quentin. Quentin. Chapuis. Chapuis. Oui. Aye, I've been pronouncing Chapuis, your name yeah. wrong. That's okay. <laughs> Actually, if I was in the south of France, you would probably say the S. Yeah, probably. Like you say Paris. Yeah, yeah. Ah. And Quentin, you got it right. So Okay. It's, okay. And it's not that easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's great to have you here. You have a shop. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. I met you a while back, and then I somehow met you again. And you said, you met me already. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Can you tell, tell people how we met? So the first time we met, I think it was at Chambellon. So it's a gluten-free bakery. It was, at the time, the only gluten-free bakery mm -hmm. in Paris. And at the time, I was working for a French company that makes chocolate called Valrona Chocolate. And I was with uh, one of my colleagues, who's a pastry chef, Alexis Spiritu. Yes. Uh, that you knew from your previous life, I guess, as a pastry chef. Mm -hmm. And we were, the two of ourselves, in Paris for a seminar. And he told me, oh, well, let's catch up with my friend catch David. Up. And that's that's the first time we met. Okay. It was exactly. probably in 2009 or 10. Uh, so you're one of my no, oldest uh, friends uh, in Paris now. He's like, what? No, 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 that was, no, 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 no. I started to work for Arona in 11. So no, that was 14 or 15, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I moved back in 17. Okay. Right? So you no. moved from chocolate yeah. to aperitifs. And you have a very interesting story because you didn't have a business plan. Like some people, you know, in France, when you want to open a business, you have a business plan, you go to the bank. You decided to take a different route. How did you open the FFA? And tell us about the FFA. So FFA stands for Fédération Française de l'Apéritif. Okay. It's the French Federation of Aperitif. Okay. And it's a, it's a company that I started uh, six years ago now with two friends. Uh, one of them that I've been knowing for a while now, at least. 15, Longer than me. Uh, yeah, 15 <laughs> or okay. 17 years, something like that. Uh, we're in college, but college in France is not like college in the U.S. Uh, college is like sort of between high school and exactly, university. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's a group that we created when we were students at the mm. very, very beginning of Facebook in 2006. Okay. And, uh, you know, people would start groups for nothing, you know. In yeah. France, there was a group like for the people who stand on the left side of the escalator. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that type of things. Yeah. And, and one night we were having an aperitif and he said, well, you know, there's a group for everything. Mm -hmm. There's a federation for everything in France and apéro, which is, you know, a discipline that is being practiced by lots of people uh -huh. in France. There's nothing. So 
he created that group. The French Federation of Aperitifs exactly. was created that way. Exactly. Well, it's funny you mentioned these Facebook groups. I remember I was a, I joined a group that was for people that hated when people walked down the aisle of the airplane and grabbed the back of your seat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. There, there was a group for everything at the time, for sure. And, and our group became very popular and, uh, cause they were up to almost 300 thousand people in wow. that group. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, that yeah. was wow, wow, wow. That, that was that was crazy. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't expecting that number. No, no, and, okay. and one of our friends who's a graphist created a logo and at okay. the time we printed a, a few t shirts that we sold and But it was for fun stuff. basically. Yeah, 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 yeah there was yeah. you had no was, plan. Oh no no you didn't no. register the name or no no um no not even actually. Yeah. yeah. Is it registered now? No, it's registered. Okay, so I was going to yeah, say, no, no, everyone's no. rushing. It's registered, then uh, the logo, the name, and we've had to sue a few people, actually, that created very similar things. Aperitif and... Federations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are and the official... We're the official one. <laughs> it's like there's an organization to protect the oof mayonnaise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and mayonnaise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Like, we, like, we like them a lot, actually. Yeah, I like what they do, too. Well, because in France, people, you know, for a while, and this is something that was publicly known, you know, French cuisine had sort of a dip in quality and reputation. That's, that's and for sure. then a lot of French people, especially your generation and younger said, you know what, we have all these things that are funny, like oof mayonnaise. Mm. It's cute. You know, it's basically people that don't know it's hard boiled egg with mayonnaise. Mm. Let's make it fun. Mm. And like what you did to the aperitif, you made it fun. So you have two or three headquarters now. We have, uh, shops, we have I should two say. shops in Paris and we're opening a third one next month, actually. Okay. And we have two in Lille and one in Lyon as well. Okay. Where, wow. Where we, we have different products because the aperitif in France is very regional related. I would say because, you know, in the northern part of France, people drink more beers. And in Paris, in Lyon, obviously, they have more charcuterie. Okay. Um, so we work with different producers. Uh, in each each okay. store, because you and when now you have your shop in Paris. I go to the one on the Rue de Paradis. Mm-hmm. You have things from all over France. Very interesting snacks, mm-hmm. um, including insects. It's and, true. <laughs> and we're going to circle back to those in a bit. And you brought some wonderful snacks here. We're going to talk about them. But I want to talk to you about a few of the aperitifs. Mm-hmm. And I brought a selection. Some of them are from your shop. Mm-hmm. You might yes, recognize yes. them. I, I, um, I thought we could talk a little bit about them and you could let people know, just give people maybe a little bit of background. The first one that I have is Dubonnet. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows what this is in France and nobody drinks it. It's- Can you tell us about it? Well, you, you probably know more. I mean, <laughs> okay. you've, you've written a book about all these aperitifs, so you probably know, know more than me in terms of history. But, but Dubonnet, yeah, at, at the time, it was very, very well-known in France. And, and I think the brand is still very well-known because at the time, you know, there's a law called the Evin, the Loi Evin, which uh, uh, regulated the advertising that you could do about alcohol and... Right. So you can't show people enjoying alcohol exactly, in ads exactly. nowadays or but, drinking uh, it. But be- before that law, you know, they were uh, yeah. advertising for With alcohol. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Had everywhere. Like infants drinking mm. alcohol. It, it's yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and so that's why Dubonnet is, is that well-known because in every old bistro in France, you see some old advertising for mm-hmm. Dubonnet. So it's a wine-based aperitif that I really like, actually. Yeah. And it's... Sad that it's not that 
Well, you know, in America, they sold the rights to a whiskey company. Oh, really? And they oh, make a Dubonnet there and they've relaunched it okay. um, oh. there. But this bottle was hard to get. Something that's not hard to get and that's very, very French mm. is Suze. Suze. Mm. And Suze is made from gentian root, but mm-hmm. people always ask me, they go, what does it taste like? And I would like you to tell because because it's very, it's hard to make it sound good. Yeah, it, it's true actually. It's very bitter mm-hmm. sometimes when people drink it. I mean, the the flavor could be a little bit similar to orange actually, uh-huh. orange peel or. Yeah. But it's it's gentian. There's no orange in there, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's, some it dries out your mouth. Do you want to taste? I have a sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But you know, the Suisse d'autrefois is super hard to get now. Uh, that one is. Oh, it, uh, is? Okay. It, it is. Yeah, and like, I'm just giving you a little then. No. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, and 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 I heard actually that Pernod was thinking about. Tu veux un glaçon? Ouais, avec plaisir, merci. So you know, Suze again, it's another aperitif that is very, very well known. Mm-hmm. It's made from a gentian root that is um, macerated in alcohol. Uh-huh. But for the younger generation, everybody says, "Oh well, it's what my grandma used to drink." Yes. Everyone and, says, "You say Suze," and they're mm-hmm. like, "My grandmother has a mm-hmm. bottle exactly. in her cabinet." But um, chin, cheer, chin. Merci. But I, what I like a lot about Suze is the complexity of the mm. flavors. You know, you get that explosion of flavors that is very complex, and it's. I didn't I, realize it was hard to get in America until I wrote my like every, when I wrote my book. I mm. wanted to make sure everything, mostly everything, was available. Mm-hmm. There was something like Picon Amer, mm. and my editor said, "Well, you know, you can't buy it in America." Okay, so, but I said mm. you can't write a book about French drinks without. Without, mm, yeah, it's mm. very important to France. Mm. But the Suze d'autrefois, so the one we we're tasting, mm-hmm. it's a little bit sweeter than the classical Suze, actually. Okay. Um, than this one, yes. This is and one from your shop that has a special label. It's uh, yeah, every year, Suze they make a special, the limited edition. So mm-hmm. they usually partner with local designers or yeah, usually designers. And and that one was a special edition that they made two years ago, I think. Not that Christmas, but the Christmas before. With a local artist, and they they made four different labels with uh, okay. four different neighborhood, and that one is Faubourg Saint Denis, where you where, are, where we are, and it's a very very lively and kind of messy as well neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, but th- well, that's what we like. It's changing, it's yeah, gentrifying, yeah. but not for sure that much. It's still a pretty. It's still uh, lively. lively. Yeah, a lively, lively. lively. Would be the, yeah, <laughs> that would be a good. Uh, In French, you say, you say anime also. Anime, anime, ouais, anime ouais. animated. Uh, mm. But also, you know, one thing that's great about your shop, you carry mostly French things. You probably have a few things. Only French only things. French. Yeah, okay. only French things, actually. Ah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Excuse me. No, no. <laughs> but one of them is um, this Archibald tonic mm-hmm. water. And tonic water is usually made from quinine. Mm-hmm. Tell us what makes this different. And I'm going to open this sure. and pour some into my soup. So Archibald is a tonic water that is made out of a gentian root and a juniper berries. And it's a tonic that is distilled. So the process of making it is, is quite different than the, some other tonic. And, you know, it's, I mean, for me, tonic was, before tasting Archibald and doing research about tonic, for me, tonic was the Schweppes, you know, the Indian yeah, tonic that had not that much flavor and it's very bitter, but that's mm. pretty much it. And and one day uh, I was contacted by uh, Estelle and Olivier. So it's a couple from Bordeaux that mm. we like a lot. And they came to me and say, oh, you know, we've created that recipe of tonic. We really want you to taste. So they sent me an email and 
I mean, I guess I forgot to reply. So they sent me another Oof, yeah. email and okay, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I tried to, I mean, we get <coughs> lots of producers that send us email and I try to reply to everybody. Sometimes yeah, I miss one or two. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and they, they were a bit pushy and, and so I said, okay, let's meet and super nice people. Mm -hmm. And when I tasted the product, I, I was really blown away because yeah. the flavor, uh, it's very, very complex flavor. There's a good balance. It's, it's not too sweet and there's not too much bitterness actually. So I think it pairs very well with, with Suze that has mm -hmm. a lot of bitterness, gives a very good balance. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, the, the bubbles in that tonic are very small. So yeah, they're very fine. Yeah, exactly. Very and we fine. talk about Suze, but there are other gentian liquors in France. There's, mm -hmm. there's okay. Salers. Salers. Mm -hmm. And I say Salers, but. Some people say Salers as well. Right. It's um, S-A-L-E-R-S. And my American, I was having dinner with some American friends. We're like, I've always said Salers and people mm. keep correcting me. So you say Salers. I say Salers. I know lots okay. of people who say Salers. I'm actually, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what's the proper okay. way to, to say <laughs> it. Um, well, one thing that surprises people from the United States, especially, or maybe I should just say people who aren't French, mm. people from outside of France, mm. I'm trying to think of the right words to use. And the Suze is not helping. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> people drink whiskey in France for an aperitif and white port. Mm. And I've never understood the popularity of whiskey, especially scotch, mm. uh, torbay, which means mm -hmm. peated mm -hmm. in English. Why is it such a popular aperitif? Because it's strong. It's very alcoholic. It's very alcoholic. Please tell me. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's a good question, Joker. Uh, okay. No, I I I don't know, and it's not you know terroir related because in no. France you know the history of, of whiskey in France is very is still very new. You yeah. know there are lots of distillery who's starting to do whiskey, mm -hmm. so um, I'm I'm not sure when it started. Uh, and I think, it, I mean, now, you know, there's this big trend about the Japanese whiskey. Yes. Um, which is I, big. Which is, yeah. which is huge. And, you know, in France, I'm sure you know La Maison du Whisky. Yes. Which is a, a yes. very old company, family owned. And I think they did a lot about, you know, promoting whiskey in, in France and, and in yeah. Paris. And they were, I mean, they were, they are the importer of kneecap, for example. And so I think they did a lot to put the whiskey on the, on the map in France, but, I'm not sure why why it is that popular for aperitif. Uh, well, the couple reasons I've heard is one it was because of world the world wars. Okay, um, okay. After one like the, the, World War Two, when it was over, people wanted to thank people from other countries okay. for helping them, so they started drinking their products. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. That's I mean that's an excellent reason. Yeah. So that's the main reason I've okay. heard. Um, Interesting. I don't know if that's true or not, but there is actually mm. there's a new bourbon out. It's not that new. It's about three years old. And it says on the label, specifically bourbon made for the French market. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's made in America, mm. of course. And French people aren't big bourbon drinkers. No, no. The white mm. port is another thing that's very mm. interesting. Before dinner, mm. with is it served over ice? or? Yes, yeah. Okay. Well, yes and no. It could be. Could be. Okay, because usually people bring out the bottle and it's fairly old. Mm. And I'm like... It's yeah. And and <laughs> like, I think it's, no it's, it's, it's really the older generation. Like when I go see my grandma, she she would always offer me, you know, a glass of pork yeah. all the time. So, and I think the younger generation um, yeah. doesn't drink pork anymore. Well, the younger uh, generation... Which, which is sad because it's super interesting product actually. And, and there are, you know, 
lots of different types of ports. A port and, is great, mm. but like in like in the U.S. and maybe elsewhere, people drink it after dinner mm. usually. It's, it goes really well with chocolates. Mm. You know, it's the ideal it's true, partner it's with chocolate, mm. and you can have chocolate before dinner. But speaking of the younger generation, when I was writing my book. I wanted to explain to people, or I was trying to explain to people how popular beer is. Mm. Maybe it's not as popular outside of Paris as it is, but you walk by a cafe at after all hour, mm. and I would say 90% of people are drinking beer. Mm. Why is that? Um, What happened to wine? Um, I, I think, well, there, there are several... You can tell me I'm wrong, too. No, 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 I, no, I agree. I, I really agree people. with you, and I think that... You know, especially beer. Now we see a big, big trend with the craft beer uh, movement that that started, I guess, in the U.S. But I think that th there are several, probably several reasons. I mean, beer it's it used to be less complex than wine, for mm. instance, because wine you have the color, you have different cépage, different terroir. Beer, you know, for a long time there was you know beer, the blonde, right. and right. or the triple, Pressure you know, on tap. Yeah, on always tap, on tap, always on tap, and during the yeah. summer you would drink. Bière Blanche, you know, yeah. wheat beer. With lemon. So, so, yeah, exactly. So, so it used to be much simpler, simpler. Than, than wine, you know. Mm -hmm. Probably the younger generation that... Because um, in France, you know, I mean, everybody knows a few things about wine, but people aren't that expert. Mm -hmm. um, right. But but people, they, you know, they know some appellation and they know some cépage. They know some but, names to throw around. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so that's, exa no, that's, that's exactly what, that what is. it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, my my father or my my mom was she was drinking that, so so it's good, yeah. you know. It's Saint Emilion. Mm. It's like, well, there's a lot of wine from mm. Saint. Oh yeah, no, Saint Emilion is uh, excellent, or now it's Degolas, you know. So yeah. so you for beer, I think the fact that it's it's cheaper as well, and you know, it's bigger glasses. Well, the glasses be, are yeah. huge. Like, mm. you know, it's France is always, yeah, I mean, people always have the French practice portion control. And I see all these young people mm. drinking like a, is it a liter? It's, a, it's the pint, a pint is out for a liter. Yeah. Uh, but Which is like two it, cups uh, mm. of beer. If you go to the northern part of France, mm. they would, you know, drink even bigger glasses. And, and it's funny because we have a shop in, we have two shops actually in Lille. Uh -huh. And, you know, in France, uh, in Paris, sorry, for the, especially the craft beers, Now it's it's changing a bit, but in the last year, people were buying you know the smaller bottles, 33 okay. centiliters, whereas in Lille, everybody was buying the big bottles, the you big know? ones with the cork. On yeah, exactly. So right. so it's it's interesting to see also the difference depending on where you are in okay. France. People drink different things. There's not a lot of bathrooms in France. So I see people drinking those giant beers. I'm like, <laughs> you know, they're going to regret that in like an hour when they're on the metro, <laughs> and especially the bathroom in the. You know, Parisian bistro, they're usually in the basement and they are yeah. not that clean and yeah. <laughs> I should do it. We should do an episode on the, Parisian yeah, the, bathrooms because yeah. I have a lot <laughs> to say on topic. that subject. <laughs> so years ago, I was in Italy. I was doing a tour and we went either to someone's house or like a cafe and they brought out all this food for the aperitivi, as they call it. And they said, it's free. I was like, what? They said, well, you know, if you have something to drink, it's nice to have something to eat with it. And I was like, I'm not turning that down. Mm. <laughs> so in France, it's not free, but um, especially with you, because you have brought some beautiful, wonderful treats. Often when you go to a cafe, mm. they might have like peanuts, peanuts yeah, popcorn. The, that's, they don't peanuts, popcorn. they have bad reputation. You know the story? Uh, is it clean? Well, it's, yeah. Okay. No, it's, well, you know, there's, I know. there's that running joke about the peanuts that, you know, they do. 
if you analyze the peanuts in the bar, you would find probably 20 to 30 different types of urines in there. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know if it's true or not. I guess I've not anymore, that. but, you know, it's the myth yeah. of the peanuts in the bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I thought, <laughs> yeah, so, well, people are sticking their hands in it and sharing mm -hmm. it. There's potato chips. Mm -hmm. And usually in mm -hmm. cafes, like very basic cafes, mm -hmm. like you're lucky to get peanuts. Yeah, yeah. Nicer yeah. ones, they'll have charcuterie, mm. maybe, mm. Uh, you know, a little plate of cheese or mm. something. But you have the most amazing selection. And this is at the Fédération Française d'Apéro, FFA. So people who are coming to Paris, it's a great place to go and have an apéro. And I'll put the address on my website and so forth in the contact information. But the FFA, you have a wonderful selection of aperitifs, snacks. In France, there's several names. There's like, they call them les salés mm. or uh, les apéros uh, at the supermarket. I saw les, pit, les gâteaux, gâteaux salés, mm. also the sweet cakes, which mm. sounds all weird. But you've brought some wonderful, 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 and I wish people could taste these things. Tell us a little bit about what you brought. So our mission at the Fédération Française de l'Apéritif has always been to promote the the best products, in our opinion, again, it's very subjective, but I mean, the I best no, but products that we like but I agree, uh, so. for, for aperitif that we source in hmm. different regions. So, so yeah, David. I is, had to grab one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just grab the, so that's called the buckwheat, uh, chips de sarrasin, buckwheat crisps. Mm. So as you can hear, it's very crispy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a typical <laughs> thing from Brittany. And I remember that when we opened, we met with the producer and he was like, oh, this is, this is really amazing. You, you, you'll see it's, this yeah. product is going to do well. And, and I was a bit skeptical at the beginning because mm -hmm. I was like, buckwheat crisp. Okay. I mean, people like buckwheat, you know, for the crepes right. that you eat when you go to Brittany, but that's, that's pretty much it. Buckwheat is not that popular. Mm -hmm. And I tried the product and I was like, wow, this is, They're so this good. is like very addictive. It's excellent as it is. So it's like a buckwheat crepe, basically, mm -hmm. but that is a little bit being dehydrated. I think the appeal is they have a lot of flavor. Mm. They're crunchy. Mm. They're like crunchier than potato chips, mm. but they're not so crunchy that it hurts. Mm. It's true. Yeah, there's, there's a good balance. But there are a few producers in Brittany and we've tasted, I don't know, five or six different, but sometimes the, the crepe is a little bit thinner. Yeah. Sometimes it's less salty, so there's not that much flavor. We thought that these are really the perfect balance. I agree, because uh, I was in Brittany and I tasted mm. other ones. I was like, oh, I love those. Mm. And I bought them and I was like, eh, they're not so good. Yeah, they're, they're like, there's like a wide variety of, of different flavors. and Okay, so these are buckwheat, they're called buckwheat. Crisp. Crisps. Yeah, okay. chips de sarrasin. With um, sel de Garonne, salt from... Garonne. Mm. Garonne. Speaking of chips... Mm -hmm. And this is one of my absolute favorite things in the world. <laughs> you brought these other chips. And these are, really, I'm going to let you talk about them because I want to eat one. So um, this is called soca chips. So soca is a, a very traditional dish mm -hmm. from Nice. So in the southern part of France. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in the traditional markets, uh, the people, would, there would be a Someone doing, you know, big, how do you call that? A big, it's a big, uh, like, it's almost like a paella pan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
uh, with um, uh, soca, so, so it's a chickpeas flour. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit like a chickpea crepe, basically, right. a little bit um, thicker, and you cook them on that big paella pan, uh -huh. and then you break the you break it and you eat it. You know, do you like it's one of to me? It's like the best thing. In the it's world. yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's, Did you ever go to Shea People in Nice? No, I've I've never been there actually. No, I had the soca at Alain Miam Miam in Paris, okay. uh, which which I really like. But yeah, the one at in Nice, they cook it in a fireplace. It's mm -hmm, huge. Mm -hmm. It's about two meters, nice. six feet wide. Okay, and when it's cooking, it's like you know, basically as Quentin said, it's like a crepe batter, pancake batter. They mm. pour it into a big pan that's hot. But what they do there is as it's cooking, they rake it. Okay. So it gives it texture and the okay. texture, they get like crunchy. Mm -hmm. Then they scrape it onto a plate with cups of rosé with ice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. But these chips are amazing. It's, it's the chips version of the soca. Yeah. And uh, and you, you get really that chickpea flavor. Mm -hmm. And they again, like the buckwheat crepes, they're really good as it is. Or you can also use, use them to dip. Okay. Uh, you know, within because I started or I started moons. following them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're on Instagram too. What is your mm -hmm. Instagram? So it's uh, at ff aperitif. Okay, super. So these chips, you can get them in your shop too. And yes, and we have a we have a second version with rosemary. Ah, mm. okay. They would be good with piment d'espelette, uh, yep. ch Basque chili. Although mm. that's two different regions, mm. so you might have to. Do a little peacekeeping. There. <laughs> so I noticed you brought some charcuterie. You bought a sausage, and there was a, there's a trend in America. You might have seen it, and I think it's around the world now. Okay. But to make these charcuterie Big, or cheese mm, boards, mm. and people put chocolate chips and jam mm. and marshmallows <laughs> and you know, crackers and cookies and everything on mm. them. And I'm not criticizing because I think people should eat what they want mm. as long as I approve of it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you know, in France, when you get charcuterie, you do charcuterie boards and cheese boards. Mm -hmm. And they're just really good charcuterie and really good cheese. So tell us a little about, you brought a sausage. There's a difference between saucisse and saucisson mm -hmm. and saucisson sec. Okay. Explain to me the difference. So saucisse usually is, is what you would have for lunch or for dinner. Um, something that you need to cook. Mm -hmm. Whereas the saucisson, it's a cured meat, basically. Okay. So saucisson, I mean, the classic saucisson, it's pork. Mm -hmm. uh, but depending on the region, you'll see different mm -hmm. types of, of saucisson. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes with a duck. For example, well, different types of meat. Um, and I think saucisson is, is definitely one of the most popular products for aperitif. In France, you know, when you think uh -huh. about apero, you think about saucisson. Mm -hmm. And even like we had one of our employees, she was a vegetarian, but she would eat a saucisson <laughs> because she said, no, saucisson is a different thing, you know. Well, it's, it's funny because vegetarians used to come to France and they would say... Well, we told the waiter we didn't eat meat and then they mm. brought us lamb. Mm. But I think because the waiter would say, like, do you eat beef? Or, you know, mm. people said, and they didn't, there's like a different mm. vocabulary for that. But sausage, I mean, sausage is really popular. Mm. This is delicious. Where's this one from? So this one is from a town region and it's a recipe that we created with a producer uh -huh. um, that has no, sorry. We're eating, <laughs> we're eating. All this good French people love um, to eat. So. And saucisson, yeah, if you buy industrial saucisson, no. there's, there's like um, nitrates in mm -hmm. there. And um, it's good for preservation, but 
it's not very high quality products. Mm -hmm. And that one, it's a recipe that we created with that pro that producer. So there's no nitrates in there. None, but it's still red. No, no. Yeah, it's still red, but because it sent them to us vacuum sealed. Mm -hmm. So we can keep them because there's oh. no preservative. So, oh, okay. so um, the system will dry very, very fast. Okay. Because there's no preservatives in there. But yeah, because of the vacuum seal, it keeps okay. the... Because you know pastrami, um, mm. it has nitrates, that's what makes it red. Mm. And people have asked me, they go, where can I get nitrate-free pastrami? Mm. I said, well, you know, if, if it doesn't have nitrates, it's brown and gray. It's really like, I mean, yeah, tastes yeah. delicious. But... <laughs> and even like, now, you know, you see all these big industrial companies that start to do nitrates-free charcuterie, but mm -hmm. they just don't add nitrates, but they would, you know, cook the charcuterie within um with a bouillon uh, that contains natural nitrates from you know yeah. beetroot or um, carrots so okay there's it's, there's still nitrates in there um, well people do use beet mm, juice to mm, make things red um, mm, so i don't eat a lot of junk food so i'm okay eating i mean nitrates have not you know, this is not a science uh, podcast but nitrates mm, you know food has naturally occurring nitrates it's like msg Mm. Um, a lot of food has MSG in it naturally, sure. or Doritos. People mm. say they get headaches from eating Chinese food that have MSG, MSG. but mm. they eat Doritos, which mm. are corn chips, which mm. are full of MSG. <laughs> you know, again, saucisson, if you eat, you know, two saucisson a day, it's not that very good for you, you know, saucisson. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of balance, you know. It's like alcohol, you know, you can't drink two bottles of wine every day. It's not good for you. It's... So you also brought a few other things yes. en conserve, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a funny thing because somebody talked about, like in Spain, you know, there's bars that just have tinned food, mm -hmm. like tinned fish and so forth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things, you're starting to produce a line of aperitifs. I was in the supermarket here in France, and I saw this display of the FFA products, and I was so proud of you. Thank I, you. I was like, I knew you back when, when you were on Facebook. <laughs> And you had 300,000 followers, which I'm still trying to like get, get you know, people to read my Facebook stuff. But you have an alivad and you also brought a artichoke, hummus, artichoke hummus. Hummus is very so popular. In it's France. very, very popular in France. And, um, and so the, the, the history, so we make these two products, our recipes that we created with a producer who is in very close to Montpellier mm -hmm. that we like a lot. And you know, the, Tapnad in France is very big. Yes. Uh, the, so there's the black and the green. Mm -hmm. It's basically olives with um, with uh, anchovies and and capers. Yes. It has to have capers. Mm. And but this guy in his small factory, he, he only does vegetables, so he couldn't bring in anchovies. Ah, so that's okay. why we didn't make a green tapnad. We made a olivad. Okay. Um, and that one is with basil. Ah. And uh, what is very unique about it is that 95% of the olives that you eat in France, they come from, not from France, actually. Yeah. They come from the Mediterranean region, from Greece, from Tunisia, I mean, from different regions. But in France, we have amazing olives and we wanted to promote that. So we had to work with him to find a local producer of, of olives. And, um, and the olives that we use for that olivade is a luc. So it's, I mean, uh, it's a really it's a, good olives. Yeah, very yeah. good olives. And they turn brown, like if you look at them funny. Because <laughs> they're, fried, they're fresh. Mm. And well, we're working with another producer to, to make a black tap nut with a tonche, 
which is a variety of olive that is from okay. the, the Drôme that I brought, I brought you some as well. Ah, okay. Um, because and, it's interesting that, the, you know, in France, when people sell things at the market, they mm. have to say the country it's from. Mm. And the olive producer, most of the olive people, when they have Niçoise olives, they mm. say Spain. Mm. And it's kind of funny to see, mm. like, Niçoise olives, Spain. Mm. But they said, you know, most of them said, well, they're just not produced in France mm. anymore. Well, yeah, and then it's it's expensive to produce olives, and, and the volume is not so big compared to the consumption of, of tapnut, I would say. But for us, for us, it was it was very important. Um, mm. And we we thought that you know with the basil, oh yeah, it's it's really this good summery flavor mm. that we like. It's also nice because I'm t I'm tasting it now, so my mouth is half full, half empty. Um, but sometimes you buy tapenade in France, and it can taste like brine. Mm. And uh, it was funny. The flavor of it could be very strong, but like yeah, overwhelming too, sometimes. I was at a shop once, and the woman. Serving Alice, she goes, Do you want some? She was practicing her English and she goes, Do you want some brain with it? Like, brain? And she was trying to say brine. Mm. It was cute. <laughs> <laughs> brine. <laughs> well, this was great. It was great to have you here. And thanks for bringing these treats to taste. Once again, I'm going to mispronounce. Now I'm going to work on your name when you leave. <laughs> Countdown Chapu. Chapuis. Chapuis. Oui, puis. Okay, you just pronounce the UI but not the S. UI, yeah, exactly, not the S. Okay, so if I say Paris, oui, Paris, Paris you say yeah. I, okay. Mm. Chapuis. Uh, exactly. Quintan, Chapuis. Ouais. And I can say Ecureuil. Oh, wow, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> I can say Séchage. 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 Séchage, ouais. That's, that's a yeah. tough. But Romain yeah. makes fun of me for Yaw. You, you know Les Chaussettes de l'Archiduchesse? You know no. that one? No. <laughs> the, the les, chaussettes. les Chaussettes de l'Archiduchesse sont-elles sèches ou archi-sèches? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's, that's, yeah. That the sous is now working. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to work on my French. But Romain makes fun of me all the time for saying herring and yogurt. Arang and yaourt. Yaourt, but it's, yeah, it's hard to pronounce. Very French, French is... It's, it's tough. Well, it's, you speak really good English. Um, what's a tough word for you to pronounce? You probably don't have any. No, no. Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, squirrel. Squ squirrel. No, no that, you got that. that. Uh, thug. Dog. No, thug. Thug. Yeah. Oh, we oui, because French H. Yeah, it's, it's that, that one is a bit tough for me. Well, a French friend of mine, he's like, what is it with you with this English language where you don't pronounce the K at the beginning of words? Mm. And I say, excuse me, you don't pronounce <laughs> half of the no, word, half, half of the, half the half letters, of the letters <laughs> in every French word. <laughs> it's like fair enough, like H, you don't say mm. les how, mm. you say les les Well, now we're devolving into, so that'll be part two next week. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Merci um, beaucoup. For bringing David. your things here, Quentin, Quentin. And once again, for people who are listening, Quentin, you you're, you have three shops now in Paris, or soon to be the third yeah, one opening. Yeah, exactly. One of April. Ninth? Tenth, uh, uh, so the Rue de Paradis. Okay. So that one is a uh, épicerie and bar. Okay. We have another one in the 17th, uh, Rue des Dames, mm -hmm. which is only épicerie. Okay, the épicerie uh, is just a shop retail. Yeah, where you go. buy in. Yeah. And the third one is opening at the end of April. Rue des Martyrs in the ninth. Ah. Uh, and that one is, is going to be a small one as well, only épicerie. Okay, so if people want to come and you mm. can shop in the stores, but if you want to sit down, have mm. a drink, maybe Canton will be there and you can practice your French with him or English. <laughs> and you can go there and sit and have a glass of wine mm. or a beer or in other cities. But I do encourage you, if you come, 
stock up on the Soka chips. Let me know when you're going so you don't get them all. <laughs> but the Soka chips and actually all the stuff you have is is great. You do have insects as well, dried insects mm-hmm. that are made in France. And you didn't bring any for me. Uh, next time. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's a good <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Merci um, beaucoup. And thanks everyone for tuning into the podcast. Once again, I can be found on Substack. I'm David Leibovitz with a V. Substack.com. Thanks for tuning in and feel free to subscribe to this podcast. This is the second episode and I promise there'll be more. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.